Hey there, everyone. Happy Friday. It is January 12th, and we are here to talk about WWE SmackDown. So I would say that today was by far a, uh, it was somewhat of an interesting show. We ended up having another Can They Coexist storyline that uh, ran towards the end of the show with all of the guys involved in the Fatal 4-Way. Primarily, it was Ellie Knight and AJ Styles who could not coexist. And then on top of that, we had sort of a scary moment that ended abruptly in a match between Carmelo Hayes and Austin Theory. So we'll get into that as well. And for the most part, we got some more on regarding damage control and Bailey. And that's where we're at with SmackDown, everybody. So this will probably be a quick review. But uh, let's go ahead and dive right into what went down. So first and foremost, uh, thank you so much to Sheldon Jackson for gifting five DWO memberships, man. You're the man. We got Steven in here who says, seeing damage control stiff Bailey hurt my head. And I hope Austin is okay after that fall. Uh, yeah, man, it's always really scary to see any type of situation whenever anyone looks like they might have gotten hurt, especially when it comes to uh, to your head or anything like that. So I might as well get started with that, guys. Um, So as of right now, I don't think there's been any updates regarding uh, Carmelo Hayes or Austin Theory and primarily Austin Theory. So let me break this down really quickly and then get into what actually happened in that moment. So there is some positive stuff in this that happened before the match. And the positive stuff that happened before the match is that Carmelo Hayes might be headed to SmackDown sooner than we thought. And I feel like the reason that is, is granted, of course, we saw him take part in the United States Championship number one contenders tournament that we just saw a bit of ago. But he was having a backstage meeting with Nick Aldis, and they were sort of talking about his him making an impression in the tournament. And Carmelo Hayes was about to shoot his shot and asked to be in the Royal Rumble. And I honestly, for a second, thought that Nick Aldis was going to offer him a SmackDown contract like right then and there because there was a black binder with the SmackDown logo on the table. And I thought, damn, are they just going to do it right now? Are they going to offer Carmelo Hayes a, a SmackDown contract? And so that's what I originally thought was going to happen. But before Carmelo Hayes could actually ask for a spot in the Royal Rumble, Austin Theory and Grayson Waller interrupt. They start, you know, spewing their guts and whatever it is that they're saying. And this ends up... Nick Aldis ends up making a match between Carmelo Hayes and Austin Theory. Now, before the match ended the way that it did, there this was a pretty damn good match, by the way, like uh, up to the, uh, the, the the Spanish fly. But literally, we were getting some good moments in this. Like Carmelo Hayes looked way more confident on the SmackDown stage, I thought, this time around than he did when he was competing in the tournament. I thought he just looked more confident, uh, just a little bit more sure of himself. And so I was like really into this match. There was a moment where there was like a crazy DDT from Carmelo Hayes to Austin Theory on the ring apron. I thought that was kind of nuts, um, but the timing looked pretty good. Whatever. It was pretty, a uh, pretty interesting little moment there, but so it looks like this match is really starting to pick up. You know, we're really getting into it, but then there's an unfortunate moment where uh, we see theory attempt a Spanish fly. Now, 
granted, I was only able to watch this once when I was watching on Fox Sports because I can't rewind on Fox Sports. SmackDown is the only show that I watch during the week that I cannot rewind pause or fast forward um so i uh, usually with like raw nxt aw all of those shows because i watch on direct tv i'm able to rewind and all of that but because i have to watch smackdown on fox sports i cannot rewind and the reason i have to do that is because i'm out on the west coast and well you know how it is for the people on the west coast you either watch online or you have to wait until uh it's eight o'clock and then you can watch smackdown so anyways, I can't rewind, but from what I saw uh, in the Spanish fly, and I think they might have even shown a replay, whatever. But the point is that it looked more so like Austin Theory kind of landed a little bit on his head from what I saw. And so I kind of noticed that they were checking in on Carmelo Hayes a little bit more. But just like from watching, I actually thought that it was Austin Theory who didn't look like he landed that good. And so maybe I was just more focused on Theory than I was Carmelo Hayes and didn't notice how Carmelo Hayes landed. But my eye was definitely on Theory and the way that Theory landed did not look good. So anyways, hoping that both of those guys are good, uh, especially Austin Theory, since he was the one that looked like it just Oh, man, it looked painful to see that. And so the match ended, referee stoppage. They didn't move forward from that, which is obviously the way to go about it. There was also another thing that I want to mention prior to the match and everything is there was one thing that I really enjoyed that we were seeing from SmackDown today. And uh, we got it in this match too. And that is we've been seeing these like additional video packages for talent that maybe isn't like seen that often or they just want to give them an extra little boost. And we actually got one for Carmelo Hayes that I thoroughly enjoyed as well. Um, but yeah, it was an unfortunate way that you know, things went down in this match. But, um, dude, besides all of that, besides up until that moment, Carmelo Hayes was looking phenomenal. And I really do think that he is going to be going to SmackDown a lot sooner than some of us might have anticipated. So I'm thinking... I'm thinking like, I don't know. I think it should happen soon. I'm thinking he's definitely going to be in the Rumble. Uh, whether he's in the Rumble representing NXT or SmackDown, that's an entirely different question. I do not know. But we still got, given that given that I'm thinking he's going to move up to SmackDown pretty soon, we got to get ticking on that NXT storyline because he's involved in a pretty big storyline with Trick Williams and whether or not he's a real best friend to him. So there's a lot of things that still need to be uh told on the NXT side of things and I hope we don't get screwed of not finishing that storyline because that's actually been a pretty intriguing storyline over on the NXT side of things but anyways uh I don't know if there's going to be enough when there's going to be an update for Austin Theory and Carmelo Hayes but uh hoping that they are a o Okay, um, and let's go ahead and see what people are saying here. Thank you so much to Roberto Arsenal for sending in a super chat saying, I only watch AEW and New Japan, but I wanted to give WWE another shot with the Rumble coming. Which show has the best wrestling, NXT, Raw, or SmackDown? So here's what I'll tell you about these three shows and what I think in the last couple of weeks has really been like the difference or like the appeal for each show. So starting with NXT, um, if you haven't watched NXT, you might feel a little bit like a fish out of water trying to get familiar with a lot of the talent. But if you stick around for a couple of weeks, you'll you'll get familiar with all of the talent. And I think that NXT 
is mostly doing a really good job with their women. They're doing phenomenal. So if you're really wanting to see uh, some of the women get attention, NXT is definitely the place for that. Uh, they have some really cool storylines. I mentioned the Carmelo Hayes, Trick Williams one. I'm a fan of that. And they also do like a lot of video packages and a lot of storytelling. And uh, we just got a really good one with Fallon Henley and Tiffany Stratton on Tuesday. Over on the Raw side, I think Raw has really stepped up the wrestling matches in the last couple of months. I remember there was a period where I really wasn't feeling some of the wrestling that we were getting on the show, but they have completely done like a 180 on that. And we started to get a lot better matches on Raw throughout the entire show. And also Raw is the show where I feel like you're always going to see your stars. You're always going to see your Seth Rollins, your your Drew McIntyre's, uh, those people. Of course, CM Punk, it's a little bit more sporadic, but Raw has definitely been feeling like a big time can't miss type of show the last couple of weeks. But SmackDown, though, SmackDown has sort of been like the last couple of weeks, I would say. There's been some good stuff on this show and things really, really got even bigger once we got the return of AJ Styles, once we got the return of Randy Orton, it's sort of added to the programming a whole lot. So even when we don't have Roman Reigns, like we didn't have him today, it doesn't necessarily feel like as big of a blow when he's not there. Because there was a period when Roman Reigns wasn't on the show. It sort of felt like those days where you go to school and your crush didn't show up that day and you're just like, damn. Today is going to suck. And so and so it hasn't been like that anymore because now you've got other people that you're also interested in seeing on the show. So uh, so I would say that those are sort of the differences between the shows. There's at least some of the things that really stand out to me as notable differences in Raw, NXT and SmackDown. And it's more so a matter of like, I guess, what you're into and what wrestlers you're fans of and whatnot. Chuck J says, going to be crazy when Mello hits. Uh, dude, whenever like Carmelo Hayes gets called up to the main roster, like that moment, I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, so far, things have been, I mean, up until today, things have been looking pretty good for him up until today. Uh, Willie Teague says, hi, Denise. Thank you so much for the super chat. I appreciate it, my man. Thank you so much. Um, all right, so let's get to it, everybody. I want to dive right into the creme de la creme of SmackDown, and that is the Bloodline storyline and what's been going down with AJ Styles, LA Knight, Randy Orton, Roman Reigns, Paul Heyman, Nick Aldis, Jimmy Uso, Solo Sokoa. I mean, you name it, all of these millions of people are involved in this story. But basically what we got here tonight is super, super, how do I explain it? If you're not into the can they coexist storyline that WWE has done multiple times, then you probably weren't as interested in this. And I get why they did it, of course, because they always do this, especially when we're going into like these types of matches. Um, we always get some sort of can they coexist story. Personally, for me, I did not like the way that LA Knight and AJ Styles couldn't coexist here tonight because the last thing I want is for these guys that are going into this big matchup at the Royal Rumble to come across as looking dumb. 
I don't want to see Ellie Knight come across as looking dumb or AJ Styles. Like, I do not want that heading into the Royal Rumble. So for that reason, I wasn't all that in love with the angle that they ran today with the can they coexist. Now, there were some things that I definitely did like, so let's get to that. So first and foremost, Paul Heyman goes out there. He uh, is really angry about the fact that Nick Aldis put his tribal chief, Roman Reigns, into this fatal four-way match at the Royal Rumble. And so he's pissed off about that. And he's going on and he's super angry about Nick Aldis. And he's trying to get all the people to turn on Nick Aldis, but they're not doing that. So Nick Aldis is like, all right, by the way, I thought this was kind of messed up for the crowd. I thought this was kind of messed up by Nick Aldis. Because Nick Aldis was like, oh, we're going to get this match between Randy Orton, LA Knight, AJ Styles, and they're all going to team up and go up against the bloodline. And I'm thinking, Roman Reigns is there? Why wouldn't he have been out there already? And he goes, it's going to be Roman Reigns, Jimmy Uso, and Solo Sokoa. And I'm, and I'm like, oh, I guess Roman Reigns is there. And the crowd gets all excited. They're all thinking Roman Reigns is there. And then Paul Heyman looks at Nick Aldis and tells him, you know, as much as I know, you know full well Roman Reigns is not here. And I was like, damn, why the hell did Nick Aldis make it seem like Roman Reigns was going to be in this match if he knew Roman Reigns wasn't there? I was like, that was kind of messed up. It was messed up for the audience. It was messed up for the viewers at home. Um, I didn't like that one tiny little portion of that. But anyways, so... They end up saying, okay, fine, we're going to make this match between uh, these three guys versus Jimmy and Solo, and you guys need to find a third person. But it's the bloodline. Nobody likes the bloodline. They've pissed everybody off, so they're clearly going to have a hard time finding a third person. So the way that they ended up doing this is they had Randy Orton get attacked in his entrance, and so we end up seeing a two-on-two match with just AJ Styles and LA Knight teaming up against Solo and Jimmy. And this is where I did not like how foolish they were making AJ Styles and LA Knight look because they were arguing uh, right from the very beginning, too, which was even funnier because I'm thinking, okay, so they're arguing in the beginning about, I don't know what the hell they're arguing. I guess whoever wants to start the match off, whatever. They're arguing there, AJ and LA Knight. And so right away, I think it was like Jimmy or something that attacked AJ Styles. And so right away, all of a sudden, the heels are getting the upper hand. Why? Because the baby faces couldn't come to a terms, uh, couldn't come to any sort of agreement there. Okay, so maybe just at the top of the match. All right, fine. But then they didn't learn their lesson. And then in the middle of the match, we end up seeing the same exact thing roll out. There is a moment where AJ Styles is um, looking like he's uh, about to tag in LA Knight. And LA Knight is begging him to give him the tag. He's begging him. But AJ Styles is like, nah, I don't trust you, blah, blah, blah. So then again, the same exact thing happens. He gets attacked from behind. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, why are you guys making them look like goofs right now? What are we doing here? So I was not a fan of the, the can they coexist because it ended up kind of screwing them in this matchup here. Um, And so whatever, right? They clearly could not handle it. Ellie Knight and AJ Styles could not get the job done. So 
just when it looked like Jimmy and Sola Sokoa were going to go on and win this match, we end up hearing Randy Orton's theme song. Randy Orton comes out and he ends up taking care of business. He goes in there. I really love the exchange that he had with Jimmy because he gets um he goes for the RKO. Jimmy blocks it. Jimmy hits him with the super kick. And then um I Instead, Randy Orton then gets him with an RKO out of nowhere and then pins him one, two, three. So Randy Orton is the mature one in this match. He's the one that went in there and was like, you guys are dumb. I'm going to win this match. I'm going to handle business. And that's exactly what he did. So Randy Orton looked fine in all of this, okay? He comes in, he wins the match. And then afterwards, we're still seeing Allie Knight and AJ Styles arguing. And then finally, they end up getting on the same page enough to powerbomb, um, I think it was Sola Sokoa, into the commentary table. And it closes off with a really funny line where Randy Orton's like, screw his big ass. And that's where we were at with all of that. So let's see what we got here. What did you guys think of this? We got uh, Zeno Hour here who says, I disagree. I hate the coexist stuff that they usually do, but I really enjoyed the story tonight. Um, Bonkers LFC says, don't be surprised if we see a surprise interference in the Fatal 4-Way at the Royal Rumble. Um, and let's see what else we got here. Uh, Amanda Rodriguez says, girl, long time no watch. I did not like the argument between AJ and LA Knight like WTF. Uh, Dominic Carranza says, my heart is telling me LA Knight is taking the pin now. Um, I kind of broke this down last week when we were talking about when this match was made, the Fatal 4-Way, and we were talking about who was going to take the pin. And my original pick was, um, who did I say? I said Randy Orton was my original pick. And now I'm thinking that I was totally wrong. I'm thinking that it probably is going to be LA Knight. And at this point, it pro I don't even know, guys. I don't even know. Because my whole thought process for who should get pinned last week, my thought process was, all right, Randy Orton's a freaking legend. Randy Orton can get pinned. No big deal. He gets pinned. He's still Randy Orton. Absolutely nothing's going to change. AJ Styles, same thing. He's AJ Styles. He gets pinned. No big deal. He's AJ Styles. Although, granted, he is sort of restarting something new here. So, I kind of put him uh, a little bit above Randy in the sense that, sorry, I put Randy above AJ in the sense that I think it would hurt. Wouldn't really hurt them either way, but if you're going to say who would hurt more, I would probably go with AJ Styles. But then, and so the reason why I didn't want it to be LA Knight was because I was like, all right, this guy is super hot. You know, there's still got something there with LA Knight. He already took, uh, you know, he already lost to Roman Reigns when they wrestled one-on-one -on -one against each other. So maybe this could be like a moment for him to sort of regain some of that steam. So for that reason, I really wasn't seeing LA Knight as an option to get pinned in this fatal four-way. But now I'm looking at this and I'm going, I don't know if that's so, uh, you know, clear. I'm starting to think it could really go any direction and it may go in the direction of LA Knight. I don't know. I just feel that of all the guys, it would kind of hurt LA Knight the most to be the one to take the pin. But then again, I guess it all it all depends on what the story of the match is, how they play it out, uh, how it all goes down. So I do not know anymore at this point. Um, all right, let's see what else people are saying here. We got Denisha Lane who says she's going to SmackDown next week and she's very excited. You should be because next week's SmackDown looks kind of good they announced that um kiana um sorry i always forget their new names uh kaden and katana excuse me kaden and katana are gonna go up against alba fire and isla dawn for the tag team titles i don't know if we're gonna see a title change but 
I don't think so. But regardless, we're getting that match. We're also going to be having Logan Paul appear on the KO show. And then we're also going to be seeing a contract signing for the Fatal 4-Way. So, you so you're definitely going to be seeing Roman Reigns since they already announced that he's going to be there for the contract signing. So uh, definitely something to get excited about from there. Uh, Dolly Lamo says LA Knight is going to get speared so hard he'll think his name is Max Dupree. <laughs> Oh, man, I can't believe it. Um, also, thank you so much to Wrestling Us Art DWL member who says Hope Mello and Austin are okay and Cora uh, got hurt. Uh, I don't know the details on that, but in regards to Mello and Austin, yeah, I really hope that they are both okay. Um, all right, so that's where we're at with the main title picture, let's go ahead and get into um, what went down here with some of the rest of the items from SmackDown. So I want to get into the Bobby Lashley Street Profits stuff because last week this was a big topic. We were all talking about Karrion Cross, Paul Ellering, AOP, and Scarlett all coming together and being this big new exciting faction. Everyone's really excited about them. They look good. Uh, so what now? Um. Well, two things. One, Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits are pissed off that they were attacked last week, which they should be. Uh, let's be real. Bobby Lashley and Street Profits lean a little extra oomph. They need a little extra something. But anyways, that's neither here nor there right now because the focus is all on this brand new stable. So they end up doing this entire clip with Karrion Cross, this whole video where he's talking about putting over AOP, Paul Ellering. It's really cool, actually. Uh, I think that Karrion Cross's promos work a lot better when they do them like this type of way with the vignettes instead of having them go out there and just like cut like a straight up promo to the people. I, I do think that Karrion Cross needs all of the little extra visuals and videos and the uh, the effects that they do uh, in these vignettes. So he goes out there, he does all of that but the big thing to take away from this is that this group finally has a stable name and they are going by the final testament so that is the group's name thank god they told us already because prior to that i had to sit here and say everybody's name of the stable or I had to sit here and be like Karen Cross and his guys, Karen Cross at his stable. So I'm very happy that now I get to come out here and say the final testament. I thought that was a pretty cool name. Uh, I, I like the vibe that they're going with. It's still dark, but now in a way where it's not like dark sci-fi. It's more so like dark, your end is near if you come and you mess with us. Like if you, if you mess with anyone in this group, your end is near. And so that's the most appealing part, I would say, about them being called the Final Testament and overall the packaging of this group. So they've got something there. Finally, freaking finally, because they really, really needed it, uh, specifically for Carrion Cross. We got George Rosas here, who's a DWL member, who says Final Testament goes hard. Love it. Uh, I agree, man. I definitely agree with that as well. Um, let's see what we got here. All right, I want to go ahead and shift gears now. So get excited about the final testament. Hopefully they don't drop the ball. I don't think they will. I think the second we see AOP in a match and they go out there and I mean, they already look big and beefy, but the second they go out there and just like start whooping some butt, all of a sudden it's going to be really freaking good. We'll see. All right. Um, I want to get into Bianca Belair and Bailey. 
So Bianca Belair and Bailey, they had a match tonight. And you guys know, I talk about this all the time, but I love these two anytime they get to work together. I think that they are so freaking brilliant in the ring together. I've literally said this all the time. Not only do they have great chemistry, but they always find a way to make each and every single match different from the one that they had before. Now, granted, I was thinking like, oh, this match is just going to be okay or whatever, because, uh, you know, it's not on a big stage. It's just SmackDown. It's not, you know, they've wrestled each other on big cards before. So I really wasn't expecting too much from this match. I thought maybe even like, I don't know. I was thinking something was going to happen, whatever. But they actually let them go and have a really good match here, which I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed. And we saw shades in this match of what we've seen before. And that is shades of this, like, they always find something new and different to do when they wrestle each other. And one of the things that I really enjoyed in this matchup was Bailey simply wrapping the braid of Bianca to the bottom of the rope. And so she wraps it in there. Now, I don't know how many of you guys have long hair, but as a person with long hair, even if your hair gets stuck somewhere and it gets yanked up, that shit hurts all right point blank hair is very sensitive and anytime it gets pulled or anything like that it definitely hurts okay and so bianca belair uh getting her braid tied up and then freaking um bailey goes right on in and just like uh kicks her in the head um that looks very painful because during that you see her kind of go back and so you see her hair get pulled it, it's it's a whole thing it did not look it did not look enjoyable for Bianca whatsoever. So I was a big fan of uh, what Bailey did there. But just when I thought she was going to go in and do it again, she goes all the way to the corner and she runs like towards Bianca. But Bianca thought of something that I really, really liked and I thought it was very creative too, was she used her braid instead to trip Bailey once Bailey got closer to her. So she wasn't able to make that impact and hurt ba Bianca. So then that allowed Bianca to sort of get her, um, to get the match a little bit going back into her direction. But we continue to see this back and forth. I really just, oh, I loved this match. But in the end, we ended up seeing Bianca hit Bailey with the kiss of death and like straight up embarrassed her in front of all of her friends. She defeats her and all of the rest of damage controls just there like, you know, they are not really happy with Bailey. And they even have an interaction backstage where uh, uh, freaking Dakota Kai tells Bailey like they need to that she needs to. They tell her that she needs to basically go off and win the Rumble and she needs to do all of this stuff uh, on her own. So she looks very depleted, very defeated by uh, just everything that's going down because every time it looks like Bailey is finally back in the good graces of damage control, something goes wrong. She fails the team. And then once again, she's back to sort of being the outcast of the entire group. So that is the thing that uh, I really enjoyed on SmackDown. I thought they did phenomenal work here today. Uh, yeah, Zena Wauer says damage control didn't help. Nope, they want her to do it up on her own, man. All on her own. Um, Let's see what we got here. Darf Stevens says, unfortunately, I think someone from damage control is going to eliminate Bailey from the Rumble. Who knows? Or maybe they'll try. They'll try to eliminate her from the Rumble. But there's a good chance, like, there's a good chance Bailey could win the Royal Rumble, guys. Like, if it's not Becky, it could be Bailey. So who knows? Maybe there'll be a situation in the match where, like, Bailey finally realizes these people are not her friends. 
I don't know. I don't know when they're finally going to pull the plug on this. But we got a very generous super chat here from Nick Grasso. Thank you so much to Nick Cross, Nick Grasso for this very generous super chat who says, hope both Melo and Theory are okay. I'm with Cora Jade. It looked like she hurt her knee and had to be carried out by four people. So they just hope nobody is hurt bad. I think Bailey will get the Batista storyline from 05. So thank you so much for sharing this as well, Nick Grasso, in regards to Cora Jade, because uh, I had missed that. So thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, and yeah, who knows? I don't know what they're going to do with Bailey. I don't know how this is going to tie into whether or not it's going to be similar in that way, but we will see. Um, but I also share your sentiment in regards to Carmelo in theory and anybody who ever gets hurt because shit's scary. So on Monday, I went, I wasn't on the raw post show because I went to watch uh, Ray Phoenix did like a media day for Echo for Disney. You guys can watch the interview up here, but he also taught a wrestling class and he made things look super freaking easy, man. But when I was there listening to his instructions and seeing what he was teaching the people, I was just like, no freaking way. No freaking way. And keep in mind, he was teaching somewhat like, I guess you can say basic stuff. But the whole time I just kept thinking, nope, absolutely not. Because um, it is a freaking dangerous thing. And Ain't no way. I didn't even try anything, guys. I chickened out of everything. I chickened out of everything. I was planning on going in and learning a thing or two, uh, getting my hands dirty a little bit. I chickened out completely and did not do anything in the class. I ran like twice and then I got gassed and I didn't do anything anymore. <laughs> so uh, wrestling career dead and gone. Nick Grosso, thank you so much for the super chat. We got Heel Hammer here. Thank you so much as well, who says the final three in the Rumble will be uh, Bianca, Becky and Bailey. Bailey winning, of course. Hashtag coleslaw. I don't know. I'm My first option right now is Bianca and my second is Bailey. That's where I'm at right now with who I think will win the Rumble. I would love it, though, if the final two are, uh, are Becky Lynch and, and Bailey. Oh, I would love that. That would be so freaking cool. But I don't know, man, because uh, I just don't know. I just don't know. Hill Hammer, thank you so much for the super chat. I appreciate it, man. All right. So um, let's see. Let's get – so we talked about – pretty much everything but there is two more things that I want to get into before I do just a friendly reminder to everybody that tomorrow I will be back and I will be doing a uh, podcast for TNA wrestling hard to kill and it will be myself and Reg and we're going to come in and talk about the show I have a feeling it's going to be a pretty newsworthy show uh, so make sure to tune in for that uh, I haven't decided if I'm doing a collision post show on Sunday I may just take the day off I don't know uh, we'll see if this if if something extraordinary happens on collision or battle of the bouts and I'll be here Sunday. If not, I'll probably take the day off. Um, <laughs> don't mind me guys. Don't mind me. Um, let's go ahead and break down the last two topics for SmackDown. And I want to start off with angel and Umberto versus Joaquin wild and Cruz del Toro. So first and foremost, um, damn, can I just say I'm so like I'm so excited for both of these teams, guys, because we were just talking about Joaquin Wilde and Cruz del Toro uh, over on the NXT podcast because they recently had a match out there. They looked phenomenal. Uh, I have a feeling like this could be their year. Like, please, wrestling lords, do not drop the ball here. You can finally have this pretty cool damn team. Uh, I think Joaquin Wilde and Cruz del Toro will bring something totally different to the tag team division in WWE. So I really hope they don't. They don't half-ass it and put 
press on the freaking gas pedal, freaking go with it. Um, Angel and Umberto, I have been waiting for their moment for years now. Um, and it finally feels like they're part of something legit part of something cool with Santos Escobar. I mean, they came out today and they also got them. They also got them a package too. love this. They were talking about just like, uh, you know, honor and tradition, telling the LWO not to take this match lightly, really good little video package that they played before this matchup. And so Angel and Umberto come out with Santos. They look freaking great. The, um, they're in shape. They got like six, eight pack. I don't even know how many pack, but they looked good. They got the, um, uh, their gear looked great. Might have, I think their gear was a little bit different for sure this time. Um, not sure if it was entirely different or if it was just the colors. But regardless, it looked really freaking good, the gear that they were wearing. And so they just looked cool overall. But we had Santos on commentary. And I thought he did a really great job because he was just there sitting there being this like uh, being a heel, but not like an annoying heel. He was basically bringing up some good points, man. He was talking about like building this new family with Angel and Umberto. And given that his former guys were the um, Joaquin and Cruz del Toro, he was basically saying, I taught them everything they know, but not everything I know. And I thought that hit hard and kind of explained the entire thing and really put him over on the commentary aspect of it. And so we got this match and this match, there were some really good moments too. Umberto had a really nice um, moonsault that he uh, aimed to hit, but Joaquin moved out of the way, but it still looks pretty good, even though he moved out of the way. There was a moment where Cruz del Toro did a corkscrew plancha off the top rope, man. I was just sitting here on Wednesday with Reg talking about how uh, Darby got tossed and did a whole ass little freaking corkscrew motion in the air. And then we kind of saw this one here today with Cruz del Toro. So um always a big fan of seeing anything like corkscrew. Like I'm always a fan of that stuff. But anyway, so he goes out there. He does that uh, corkscrew plancha off the top rope. Looks really freaking awesome. And I was really digging this match, man. I was really interested in it. And then we get Carlito's music playing. And all of a sudden, freaking he comes down and attacks Santos Escobar from behind. And so they end up going at it. And so we kind of get distracted a little bit. We're watching that. And then Angel Garza uh, takes care of business inside the ring and uses that distraction to be able to... um. Uh, I forgot who he rolled up, but he rolled up. I forgot if it was Joaquin or Joaquin Wilde or Cruz del Toro, but he rolled one of them up and he ended up holding on to the ropes. And so he cheated and got the victory. I kind of loved all of this, all of this. Like, even though I wanted to see more of this matchup, I liked the way that it ended because I liked them cheating their heels. They're going to do that stuff. Uh, I was a really big fan of the, um, the overall match. I liked how both teams looked good. Uh, even the Carlito, Santos Escobar, a little beat down on the outside, the little fight they were having. Uh, I liked that too. I thought it all came together very, very nicely here. So um, thumbs up. And I hope that they keep uh, pushing both of these teams a whole, whole lot. Um, Denisha Lane says, ML... The LWO needs some help going up against Santos. I agree. Uh, I feel like right now with Rey Mysterio being out, they don't really have like that person. Uh, Carlito doesn't feel like that person. He could be that person, but he doesn't feel like that person right now. But it does feel like they're missing their centerpiece uh, of this table. They need their centerpiece is, is what they need. But uh, I don't know who that will be if it's not Carlito. So I hope they kind of just elevate Carlito in that role just a little bit more. But we'll see. 
Um, all right. So that was that portion of it. The last and final thing that we need to get to in regards to SmackDown was the U.S. title uh, situation. So we all know that Kevin Owens is going on to face to face Logan Paul at the Royal Rumble. But Logan Paul did a video and <laughs> he said that he's been on the phone with his lawyers and that Kevin Owens costs his, his the cast that Kevin Owens has basically that he cannot be in the Royal Rumble match with it because he's going to hurt him. And that when he punched him in the face with the cast, that that was a liability. And so he's trying to get his lawyers to essentially sue Kevin Owens. And I thought this was kind of hilarious. Uh, this, this like, I'm going to sue you for this. Uh, I kind of liked that aspect of the story. Um, but Kevin Owens does a video afterwards and he basically says that it's bullshit, you know, that him having the cast isn't an advantage for Kevin Owens. It's a disadvantage because he's got a broken hand and he says, fine, like, I'm not going to have it at the Royal Rumble. And they're going to talk about this. Apparently next week, he invited him on the KO show. Logan Paul accepted and they promoted it at the end of the show. So we're going to have a face to face between Kevin Owens and Logan Paul next week and I think this will be good because uh for the most part I think that they've had some pretty good exchanges on commentaries on videos between uh Kevin Owens and Logan Paul they're both two guys that are good on the mic and are gonna Logan Paul is gonna come out here and really hit a bunch of low blows to Kevin Owens he's gonna make fun of his like body which is what he's been doing like the entire time but I think Kevin Owens is finally gonna you know shut him up because Kevin Owens is not one just to take someone's bullshit so I'm really excited about what they're gonna do here with Kevin Owens and Logan Paul um other than that that was Smackdown everybody uh like I said it's a pretty the two hours, they kind of pack it up really nicely. So it smooths very nicely. So it gives us a couple of topics to break into. And we broke them all down. Uh, for Housen says, funny Logan claiming lawsuit while he's being sued in real life. That's why I thought it was funny that they're bringing in this lawsuit stuff into all of it. Uh, guys, that was SmackDown for today. I know it was a little bit of a short recap, but that was all that there was. So um, before I go, just a friendly reminder to everybody, if you guys have been enjoying my content here on the channel, please let me know. Even if you just watch on YouTube, if you have time, head on over to Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It doesn't matter whichever one. Click the follow button on this podcast. Leave a review. It really helps me out so freaking much, guys. Uh, I'm trying to get more sponsors for this podcast. I'm trying to... Uh, really grow it so that, um, you know, it grows. And a really great way for that is just to get more follows, more ratings on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And before we go, I actually got one that I'm going to read here. I have mentioned in the past that if you guys send over a, um, if you guys send over a review that I do read them here on the show. So before I go, I want to give a massive shout out um, to Uriel, who sent in a really nice review. It's kind of long, but we'll get right to it. Don't worry, I'm a speedy reader. Here we go. Uh, he says, Denise Alcedo's content can simply be summarized with one word, amazing. I will warn y'all in advance, leave now if you want to take the short review, stay if you want supporting arguments. I felt compelled to share nothing but positivity from this lady's very many podcasts. I'm an old geezer that used to watch pro wrestling during the WWE Attitude Era and only got back into the game after AEW's rise to prominence. I don't know how I found Denise's content, but I guess I can thank the YouTube algorithm for doing something right every now and then. 
Denisha's shows are a revelation. Not only do I feel like I was able to catch up with the stuff I missed while away, I was able to join in on an inclusive community that Denise created through her charismatic attitude, recurring guests or co-hosts, and the hilariously fun times that ensue. To boot, I've been able to witness Denise's YouTube channel and social media following grow into what it is today through her hard work and dedication. Uh, she is a positive representation of a woman's perspective in the pro wrestling community. She also represents a Latino community that's a little underrepresented in the current industry. These factors, plus her contemporary takes of the world, world of pro wrestling, formulate content that delivers great entertainment time after time. In addition, I was able to stem out to other shows and channels with like-minded folks as the hardest working woman in pro wrestling. Wrestling medium knows no bounds and worked tough on Wrestle Talk, Fightful, and F4W prior to moving to her NXT Dynamite SmackDown Rampage reviews to her personal channel. It just seems like there's always something great to watch or listen to, whether it's great interviews with wrestling or MMA talent, very many podcasts with awesome co-hosts or live watch-alongs, and you won't be led wrong. Denise delivers five-star content consistently. She's the Brian Danielson of pro wrestling media uh Uriel, that is one of the kindest most thoughtful uh reviews i've ever gotten so thank you so very much for your support uh it did not go unnoticed so i want to thank everybody here that ever uh takes their time to go and leave a review like that because it really really hits hard and thank you so much for Fert Housen who also said that the Osprey interview was really good you guys can check that one out and oh Uriel is in here guys uh Uriel Londeros thank you so freaking much um for that um for that review seriously i really appreciate that um and so yeah guys check out the content there's so much stuff up there and i'm cooking up more stuff i'm gonna be at the royal rumble and it looks like there's gonna be a lot of really cool opportunities for content there but other than that i will be back tomorrow with righteous reg to chat about tna wrestling hard to kill thanks everyone bye <laughs>